things in our lives that happen, the trials and tribulations that happen in our lives, sometimes just really messes us up really, really badly. And uh, sometimes we don't know how to get out of it. And then and t- we find ourselves, we don't even know that we're in it until all of a sudden we realize that, that we see things a little bit differently or maybe our beliefs have gotten a little bit messed up, you know, because of things that's happened in our lives. We don't see ourselves as we should see ourselves in the eyes of God. We see ourselves as something else. So we get all messed up in our, our head. And I apologize if I might jump around for a few minutes until I kind of get in, into this. I'm not like some excellent teachers like Brother Mike over there. He's, his message when he spoke last time was incredible, wasn't it? it if you were here, it really was good. And I'm going to talk tonight about rejection. Everybody loves to be rejected, right? <laughs> Everybody that I know personally hates to be rejected, and, and however it might be. And actually, a lot, oftentimes we're reject, we feel rejection and, and nobody's really rejecting us at all. It's just how we feel. It's just how we think. It's just how we, you know, we perceive something that someone might say or an action that someone might do. And then all of a sudden, we feel that they're rejecting us and they're not. They don't even know that they've done something, said something, acted in a way um, in such a manner that that would mess us up. They don't even know. They're kind of dumb to it. And all of a sudden, we are really messed up in the head. Well, you know, those things, like I said with the alert message, they don't start out this great big, big thing, rejection. You're rejected in, in every shape, form, and fashion. They start out oftentimes... Um, in a different way. In fact, oh, let's see, I need my tape. Oh, I said, this is going to take me a minute. So if you just bear with me a few minutes. Rejection is, I think, and I want to say it's a, it's a spirit of rejection. That's We're, we're going to talk about something called the root of rejection, Uh, the tree uh, of the root of rejection, okay? All right. So notice that we're saying that this is a tree of the root of rejection. It's not just a branch of the root of rejection. It's a tree. And in on this tree, you know how a tree is first formed... Um, does anybody know how a tree is very first formed? Raise your hand. What? A seed. Okay, very good, because that's how things start out. They start out as a seed. They don't start out as some big tree. It starts out somewhere. So it starts out as a seed. So a seed is planted. And um, here, that seed... We're calling tonight, and this is what I call it, and and let me say this, by the way, if there's something that I say that you may not necessarily agree with, that's fine. This is just me. These are some things that the Lord has shown me, some things that I've studied on. So, um, and through the years, I should know this 
like the back of my hand, but I don't. That's why I said I'm all these years, for many, many years, lots of years, I have gone through this over and over and over again. So I should know this very well, but I must not know it too well, or I wouldn't be doing it again tonight. So anyway, so we're calling the seed deception. Oftentimes we are deceived about things. People deceive us. You know, we fall into things that we that deceive ourselves. Adam and Eve were deceived, right? They were deceived. And uh, so with that, we know if they can be deceived, that we certainly can be deceived. And so some things, one thing that Adam, you know, when the Lord went into the garden, asked Adam where he was, because they knew that they had messed up, right? They had messed up. So, you know, the Lord's, God's looking for Adam. He's like, you know, where are you? Well, where was, where was Adam? He was hiding. Why was he hiding? Because he was ashamed. Okay? And he was ashamed because he knew he had done something wrong. So the, the devil or the snake what are the serpent or whatever you might want to call um, Satan um, deceive them into taking that seed. All he did was chat. All he did was talk and say, did God say that you couldn't eat of that tree, the fruit of that tree? Did he say that? So the, the enemy just talks and speaks in our mind and just tells us things, chatter, chatter in our, in our ears. And then all of a sudden, if we're not careful and if we're not alert, then we may take that seed. And once it's in, man, it's hard to get rid of because it's going to do what? What's the seed going to do once it gets planted? It's going to grow. So... Um, We have the tree of the root of rejection. We had the seed that was planted. Well, what happened? How did that seed get there? How was, how did this tree become like that? Well, there's roots on a tree. If it's planted and you put a seed in the ground and, um, and it starts growing, the roots start growing. I'm so, I had to separate these. So what happens? How did this happen? How did it come about that the seed was planted and caused deception to have such a big flourishing tree? Well, it usually starts, and I know you can't read this. I'm going to tell you. It usually starts from family. It could start from when a child was born and not bonded to a parent. And, um, you know, I believe without doubt that that's what happened to my daughter. My daughter, now she's 36. But um, the child not being bonded or my daughter not being bonded to me because I was um, a drug addict. And, you know, I was more concerned about sticking needles in my arms and things than taking care of my daughter. It's not that I didn't love her. It's just I I really didn't have the ability to because I was so messed up from drugs. I, um, you know... She should have been taken away from me, no question about it. I left her at home by herself and at a very young age in the baby cribs and things like that. And am I proud of that? No. But I am say that to, to say this, 
you know, we all mess up and we all do things and, and things come into our lives that things happen to us that affects other people, not just us. It affects other people. It affects your children. It affects your grandchildren. It can affect generation upon, you know, down the line. It can just affect generation after generation. Um, So anyway, a child not being bonded to a parent can cause so much rejection because they never had that bond, something that nurtured, nurturing that they needed and that they're required she never, my daughter never had that. So as a result of that, she really struggled, she really, really struggled um, for lots of years and still does occasionally. Um, other things that can happen is multiple family or relationship factors, such as abuse or someone you're around tearing you down constantly, a parent, or it could be a husband or a wife, or it could be a teacher. Um, I have that um, here. I'm sorry. I'm all sprawled out here. Um, Or other kind of addictions. You know, like I said, I was a drug addict. Well, you know, those things are transferable. Um, I was doing drugs when when Shauna was born. And because of that, she could have easily been addicted um, to speed. Easily. She wasn't addicted to speed. But through the years, she had a really big problem with drugs also. Not like I did with shooting drugs, but, um, but with other types of drugs. A school teachers making fun of you, peers making fun of you, calling you stupid, calling you names. Um, I might have told you some of these things I may have mentioned before. I had a school teacher in the sixth grade. Her name was Mrs. Jinx. Oh, God, I couldn't stand that teacher. <laughs> I probably still don't like her, (laughs) no, Um, but she would make a lot of fun of me. I was not very smart. I was not a good student in school, and because of what was going on in my family, you know, with my my dad and my mom, then um, I, I really couldn't focus, and I couldn't concentrate, so it was really difficult for me to do well in school or to even focus on school, and I was most of the time just blank and numb and everything. But my teacher would call me stupid in front of all the other kids in the class. And then she would make me, I couldn't read well um, at all, and I couldn't comprehend anything that I read. And so she would make me sit outside with, with her. She, you know, she's facing me, and we had a book, and she would make me read a paragraph over and over and over and over and ask me what it was about. And my, my, my statement was the same every time. I don't know. I couldn't remember a thing. I I promise you that is true. I couldn't remember one thing after she made me read it and read it and read it, and she kept telling me how stupid I was. That affects you. That affects you for the rest of your life unless you let the Lord just really, you know, do a work inside of you and heal you. It will affect you forever. And it's, it's still difficult even when you have let the Lord heal you when something else happens. And that memory comes back, um, you know, you can start it all over again if you're not careful. Self-hate and self-rejection. Hating yourself, thinking that you are nothing, thinking that, um, you know, that you'll never be anything, that you're not any good, you're not worth a thing. How could anybody ever love you? How 
How could you ever love anybody because you don't love yourself? And then I have severe trust issues. Now, again, these are things that the Lord has shown me through some times and things that I've been through. You may have some things that affected your life still today that are not named up here, but it doesn't mean that it's not a fact. It just means that I don't have it. Well, these are, these are the roots, and they go down deep, just like a tree does. Um, what's the tree that has the deepest root? Oak tree. Um, oak tree has the deepest root. And so it can go, go far, far, far and deep. And that's the same things that the things that we go through in our lives, that's the same things that can happen to us, that those roots get so deep and so embedded inside of us that we have a hard time letting go of them. You know why? Because they become a part of us. <laughs> they become a part of us. And we learn to deal with them. No, we, we do learn to deal with them. Do we learn to overcome them? Well, maybe, but not necessarily. But we do learn how to cover them up. We do learn how to deal with them so much to a point to where people won't, other people won't even recognize it. People can think that, man, boy, you know, I'll use you. You're, man, he's so spiritual. He is so spiritual, and you, he's a godly guy, and he is, by the way. Um, you know, he looks like, man, he's just got it made. He's so kind of happy-go-lucky and just, you know, he's just got a song in his heart all the time, or he's, you know, kind of beating on the drums with his fingers sometimes or whatever. And, you know, you just, you got it together. He's got it together. I may think that, but that may not be what really is going on inside of him. He may have some severe trust issues with people that because of some things that he's been through has affected him and his relationships with other people. But we, we really may not recognize that. So we have, we have the ability to cover stuff up really well. Is anybody with me tonight? Okay, well, that's good. So if I have the wrong crowd, I can just go preach this to myself. Lord, I've done it enough times. I should <laughs> not have a problem with it. Okay, well, we're looking at the roots of this. We say, well, you know, that is kind of deep inside. But, you know, there's a lot more that's going on. You know when you have any tree. But let's use, let's use a, a fruit tree. Crops are going to come up, right? All right, let's say this is an apple tree. Well, you don't just get roots of an apple tree. When it starts growing, what happens? What happens? We get apples. Okay, so that's the fruit of this tree that's been planted from a seed. And all of a sudden, over a period of time, it starts getting green leaves. And all of a sudden, wow, a little baby apple. <laughs> cool beans or cool apples. <laughs> so... Fruit starts developing. So we don't just get to deal with the roots because we can cover it up. Because <gasps> dum, 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 dum. You can't always cover it up because the fruit starts coming out <laughs> bountifully. All right. So we have fruit. Because our little apple tree is, woo, is growing and we're having fruit, some of the fruit that are caused 
from these hurts, these pains, these things that we have gone through, eventually is going to come out in some way. It's going to come out, whether it's going to be in attitudes, whether it's going to be in uh, things that you talk about, whether it's going to be in your actions, whether it's going to be in your general personality, because this root of rejection since you've been deceived because that's what happens that seed is you've been deceived it's deception it's not just going to stop there it's going to flourish some shape form or fashion it's going to come out and when it does it can come out in all different kinds of things in this case this is fruit the Okay, I don't want to say that one first because that's going to come over here. Bishop, would you hand me that, please? That says those two and that other one also. Thanks. Okay. I want to get to the one that's called self-rejection first. This is some fruit. That's going to come out in some way because of what's buried deep inside you're probably going to have low self-esteem. Low self-esteem comes out in a lot of ways. It actually can come out in an aggressive way instead of just saying, I don't have any self-esteem. There's, there are people in, that, that have low self-esteem that are very, very controlling, and they like to be in charge. But actually, if you kind of look down... Uh, deep inside and, you know, analyze them or or whatever you would like to call it, you would see that they really don't have any self-esteem. So it causes them to, and we'll see this in a minute when I put some other things up, about being, uh, having to be a perfectionist or having to be, uh, being an overachiever and different things of that nature. So you're going to have low self-esteem. You can have inferiority. And I'm just going to go through these quickly. Um, Inadequacy about things. You'll have a lot of sadness. Now, all these, you can say, well, that's not me. That's not me. Well, you may have one or two of them that are you in in all of these. And then you may have some different ones. Grief and sorrow and worry, depression, negativity. You can be a very negative person. That is one one really good um, example of the fruit of rejection. I feel despair all the time, hopelessness, like nothing's ever going to work out, fear of failure. Man, I hate that. (laughs) I hate to fail. I hate fear of failure, and I hate fear of man. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and I still struggle with that. Gee, I I think pastor said that too, so I know I'm not the only one. I'm not, like I say, I'm a lot of this. I'm a lot of this. I'm ashamed to say, but in not all the time, but I still find myself struggling with a lot of the, a lot of these sometimes I really do a uh, fear of failure is one of them. Gosh, they know that when we're in practice and I'm trying to <laughs> play that keyboard, um, self-condemnation, just thinking, gosh, you're not worth anything. You can't forgive yourself for anything. I have a hard time forgiving myself. Who else has a hard time forgiving themselves? Am I the only one? Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not the only one. All right. So going to move on to, 
an opposite thing that rejection does, which is what I was saying a while ago, it can come out in in an aggressive manner. For example, you can refuse to be comforted. If something, if something has happened to you and people know it and they come and they try to comfort you and you say, no, you know, don't touch me. You want to isolate yourself. You want to push people away. Rejection pushes people away. Rejection likes to be um, um, kind of alone, kind of a loner. Um, rejection will just make you reject other people before you get rejected. Now, how dumb is that? It really is true. At Abundant Life, when I was at Abundant Life Church, and the, the thing that I did learn to do, because I, someone that I was working with and counseling with for this, 20, 20, 20, uh, since 1985, okay? So I've been dealing with this since 1985, uh, spiritually, since I've been saved anyway. And, you know, I knew that I had a lot of rejection from things that I had been through. But what I was doing, people were trying to be my friend. And I wouldn't let them be my friend. I would reject them and I would say, you don't really like me. You don't really want anything to do with me. I mean, that is just so crazy that we think that way. But we just do. And, or I did, and so I would not be their friend and not have anything to do with them because I didn't really want them to reject me. So I would reject them first so I didn't get hurt. It's a game. It's a game that the devil plays with our mind. And so we're doing all of this stuff. Why? To protect our hearts. To protect us. And so if we, if we don't get close to somebody then they can't hurt us or they can't hurt us again. So what we commonly do is push them away. Don't touch me. Uh, don't, don't get around me. Um, I don't want anything to do with you. You isolate yourself from, from that person or from people. And, you know, they're, they're like, they leave you alone and they go on about their business. So then because they're going on and they're going on about their business, you say, you see, I told you they didn't like me. <laughs> I mean, we're just it's stupid. But it's a fact. It's a cycle. It's a cycle that we go through. And we, uh, skepticism, very skeptical. Is anybody here skeptical? I am so skeptical, too. I am. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I am. But I'm glad to see that y'all, some of y'all are skeptical, too. It's not just me. And I'm not the only one cookie, but uh, very skeptical about things. Rejection can come out in harshness or hardness, and that's that pushing people away. Protect myself. Self-preservation. Don't get near me. I might let you get right here, but don't even think that you're going to start asking me questions about myself because when that happens, you never existed. I write you off. You never existed. I don't do that so much now. I am better with that. Uh, I don't really have a problem with this, but it can. People can have foul language, you know, bad language, and that's, that's part of it because they're trying to be something that they're not. Defiance or rebe- rebellion, argumentative or fighting. And then the other one 
is the, another extreme. It's the attempts to counter-rejection. That's why it is such a terrible cycle, rejection, and, and it could be any of them, any of the uh, deep-seated things that grab a hold of us, but since we're dealing with rejection, they all have similar things in that you're going to have fruits that are very typical things of people that have rejection, low self-esteem, and those things, lack of self-confidence and those things. And then you're going to have another extreme on how you combat that. And then you're going to have another extreme that's trying to combat that other extreme. It's really complicated, isn't it? All right, so the attempts to counter-rejection. Overachievers, always wanting to overachieve. I'm glad I don't have that. Performance. You performance-based. Pastor talked about performance-based, uh, having to perform. And if you, if you start performing, guess what? You always have to perform. And guess what? You're never going to perform enough because it's never going to be good enough. You're going to always have to perform more. Well, the next time you're going to have to go to another level and you're going to have to perform better than that because if you don't, then you fall into some of this other stuff and my goodness, you can't do that. So then you may come over here and then you've got to counter it again and start going through this cycle again. Competition. Not all competition. Some sports, competition is good. But when it's done to a point to where if you don't win something that, I mean, the world might come to an end, then you have a problem. A challenge. Okay, we'll call it a challenge. Then you have a challenge, an opportunity to deal with. So competition is good to a certain point, to a point of... You have to. Or when you're performing, you have to do better. You have to be better than that person. You have to be better than that person because if you're not, then you're not worthy. Isolation and withdrawal. And that's, you know, loneliness. All of these things are, are similar, but you've got to combat. So you're, you're trying to work off of the other one and seeing how it's all going to how it's all going to level out a bit, little bit where you can deal with it so people don't know that you, have re- <laughs> that you have rejection. You'd think by now people would know it, right, after all this stuff. Selfish. Selfishness. Because it is all about me, right? It's all about me. All about me. It's all about me. Because I am the only one. I am the one that's hurt. I am the one that people don't like. And, and I have to feel sorry for myself because no one else is going to feel sorry for me. So I fall in self-pity, feeling really sorry for myself. And uh, another thing to, that counteracts it is pride, egotism, arrogance, being very manipulative and like to control and um, very critical and very self-centered. Again, it's talking about me. You know, it's all about me. So anyway, I wanted to show you that because pastor was talking the other day about being in that trap. This is a trap. And it's, it's not really 
a good place to be, and it's not a safe place to be. Because when you get in the trap, I wish we had a raccoon. He did catch a raccoon, and you could tell, and I'm going to tell you two raccoons, but the one raccoon, this was amazing. Now, you know raccoons are mean. They will eat you alive. But this raccoon, he's captured. Uh Uh-oh, I didn't do it. Is it going to hurt me? You going to let it hurt you? Do it. Okay, so you're trapped, and you can't get out. You're trapped, and you can't get out. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're trapped in this cycle that's going on and on and over and over. Your belief system's all messed up now because people you think people rejected you. You don't think of yourself worthy or anything like that. So every belief that you had had in Christ, that God loves you, that he died for you, that he, um, that you are who he says you are, that you are the righteousness of God. You had, when you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and to be your Lord and savior, he put that robe of righteousness on you. And that's because that's why you're righteous because of him. You are righteous. You are the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You are a conqueror because Jesus has overcome. See, we've forgotten all of those things now. We've forgotten them because all of this stuff has got us trapped and we can't get out. So we're stuck in a bad, spiraling disastrous cycle and it, it can lead to a lot of things it can lead to suicide it can lead to suicide we we know we know that from uh one person uh, last year or maybe year or maybe a couple years ago that uh committed suicide that's a terrible place to be to be so trapped in bondage that you think it's really a very selfish act. Suicide is. But to make that decision to either take enough pills or to hold a gun to your head, and maybe you've had someone that's happened to in your life, I, I would hate that for you. There are people that do that. But it is a very selfish act. But to think that they're so trapped in bondage that that's the only way out that they think that they have is to die. They had forgotten because they did serve that. This person served God. And to, to think that they forgot what God had called them to be, to, over, to overcome So you're trapped. What are you going to do? The raccoon that Bishop caught, you could tell that this raccoon was trapped and he knew it because he was very docile-like. We, I, came, I came this close to him, and he's just like looking around, you know, looking around like, help me out here. 
Raccoons are mean. I know, I know they're mean. They will eat you up, bite you, scratch you, and, and everything. But this raccoon just laid there like it was a pet. It was just, you know, and it made me think, wow, I can't believe that that raccoon was just laying there and just not moving and just looking at, at me and Bishop like we're his best buddies, you know? Didn't he, Bishop? Till Bishop let him out and he took off. <laughs> but anyway, so here we are. We're trapped. We need to get out of the cycle. And I want to move on. We need to get out of the cycle. One thing that we have to be able to think about is there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 10, 2 through 6. It says, but I beg you that when I'm present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. So right there, that tells me that when we go to try, when we recognize that we need to get out of this, that we need to do something, that we're in trouble, that we can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. We have to call out to the only one that we know that we can trust. But do you know what? Sometimes you don't even trust God, right? Am I right? I'm right. Sometimes, unless you're so spiritual and you've never, ever had a doubt about what's going on in your life, you maybe you have always trusted God, but I haven't. And that's been very evident in my life. So the Bible says, for our weapons of our warfare, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not worldly. You can't beat it with a stick. You can't, you know, you can go to a counselor, and I went to um, a spiritual counselor, and I've been to non-spiritual counselors. Um, This has been years and years ago. The non-spiritual counselor, or actually it was a psychiatrist. This has been before I was saved. Um, You know, just wanted to give me pills to try to make it better. But that doesn't. That doesn't resolve a spiritual issue. It may resolve a symptom, one of those symptoms. It may help you with depression. It may help you with oppression. It may help you get along. And those things are, if you are taking any of those, you keep taking them until somebody, the doctor tells you not to. I'm not telling you don't take them because sometimes chemical things in our body, we really do need some things. So I'm not suggesting that. They're not any good. I, I take other medications, so I'm very thankful for doctors. No doubt about that. But you can't depend on those things to solve your spiritual issues. They're not going to resolve spiritual issues. And so you've got to go to where you can get spiritual help. The best place we can go is going to be, the Bible tells us about being in the multitude of counselors, wise counselors your pastor or someone that you know that your your pastor would recommend for you to go to not just anybody 
because um, some people have foo-hoo ideas, and you don't want to get messed up there. But you need help to get out of this place that you have found yourself in. And so we are getting our weapons, not the carnal weapons, but the ones that are mighty through God. And the reason that I know this is true about strongholds and about things that keep us bound, because this is what the Bible says, for the pulling down of strongholds. Because these roots, these things have got a stronghold on you that does not want to let go. It doesn't want to let go. It doesn't want you to be free. And the devil sits right here and chats all the time. Anytime when you looks like you're going to be taking a few steps forward, the devil's going to make real sure that he either sends someone your way to chip away at that again. So you start, you know, having these feelings again or something happens or you just start listening to the thoughts, the thoughts that come through your head like, you know, they don't like you. You're really not worthy. You can't do anything right. You, you just can't. So you start feeling those feelings again. Then you take another few steps back. Okay, that's okay. That's okay to do that. But at some point, you have got to get up and start progressing again and start fighting that spiritual battle with the Word of God. And you are welcome to have, have some of these. Um, they're, they're called Who I Am in Christ. And the first, the, I want to say, the first thing that we should think about or that we could think about is if you're feeling this way, you have all of these feelings and you're bound and you're trapped, who was the one that was, let's see, that was the greatest rejected in the Bible. Jesus. He was rejected by the disciples because they all left him. <laughs> right? They all left him. Everyone, yes. And when he, in, in his early, you know, when he was born... He couldn't even go. They wouldn't even let him be born in the inn. <laughs> he had to go to stable. He was rejected then. And, of course, when you look at Mary and all the stuff that she had to go through, she was pregnant with child. You know, all the talk going on there, I'm sure. We weren't there. We don't know what all the talk was, but I'm sure there was some talk going on. But what was the greatest rejection that he went through? The cross. The cross. So he's not a God that doesn't understand our sorrows and our hurts and our pains. He is a God that does understand. So when we recognize that, we have to also get, look at ourselves, 
and get real. Uh, and I have gotten real. Y'all have seen me get real a bunch of times. I, I, I don't have any shame, I guess, because, you know, if people know all this stuff about me, well, that's you know, all I know to, to preach on, I guess, is I can relate to a lot of things that people do go through, and um, rejection is the hardest thing for me anyway to try to deal with but like like studying for this i've had to take another honest appraisal of myself (laughs) and say you're so stupid (laughs) why can't you get over this stuff take an honest appraisal call it what it is don't try to lie about it don't try to make up some excuse because we all have them and we can come up with some doozies sometimes about why we feel the way we do because, after all, we do have that right to feel the way that we do. And it's really not our fault anyway, right? We have to take responsibility for it. So that, like, cancels out that it's not my fault anyway. <laughs> we have to take responsibility. We have to assess the fruit and discover the root. So we know that we've got tons of fruit up there that has been caused from that one seed, that seed that has been planted wherever it came from. But, you know, it doesn't just stop there. Once it starts sprouting, all these other things start coming in, and all of a sudden we got all this horrible fruit on our tree. And then we move on to the healing part. How do you get healed? Well, first you've got to repent and ask the Lord to forgive you. Forgive me for falling into this one more time. We have to forgive. If we have unforgiveness in our heart, and usually we do, it comes along with it because we're always mad at somebody or always somebody's already, always done us wrong. We need to forgive that person. Uh, because you know what? If you don't forgive that person, they're in bondage too. You know why? Because you've got, you are speaking something and you've got, you've got a hold on them too. I can't forgive you, so that, you know, I can't forgive you. But it, there's, there's a connection between you and whatever. You, it may be between ten people. But you've also got them bound. You need to release them. Set them free from the unforgiveness that's in your heart. They may not even know it, but it is. It's something that just happens in the spiritual, spiritual realm. Make a conscious decision to rid yourself of the bad fruit. And that may take a while. You can't get rid of everything in, a, in you know, at this moment. It, you may have to walk some things out. But get rid yourself of the bad fruit that's been produced. Accept yourself. And know that you are loved by Christ forever. The Bible says that he's never going to leave you for or forsake you. That's in Hebrews. And you've got to receive and know who you are in Christ. And that's where we come to this. Know that you are a child of God. All of these have scriptures on them. And this is good to put on your refrigerator. If you struggle with some things, then put this on your refrigerator where you can read it or somewhere. I am a friend of Jesus Christ. I've been justified. You've got to recite these things to yourself because if you don't, you're still going to find yourself you know, in bondage, you've got to start speaking things into your life. 
We've talked about a lot of negative things, and if all I talked about was negative things, you would leave here feeling a lot of negative junk. But you can't. You've got to do something about that. You've got to start speaking life into your spirit. You've got to start speaking good things. You've got to start speaking scripture into your life. I'm united with the Lord, and in him I'm one in the spirit. I've been bought with a price, and I belong to God. You tell yourself that when the devil sits on your shoulder and he starts speaking things to you, you start telling him, I am loved by Christ. The Bible says that he's never going to leave me or forsake you, so you get on from here. You're not going to keep me trapped. I've been chosen by God and been adopted as his child. I've been redeemed and forgiven for all of my sins. So everything that I have done, I've already been forgiven when Jesus Christ came into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. I'm complete in him. You see, all of this stuff says that I'm not complete. You are complete. You're complete because you belong to Christ. And you're in him and he's in you. So you are complete. You don't need anything else to make you complete. Even when people get married, that person cannot make them complete. Only Christ can make you complete. I'm free from condemnation. No matter what I've done, no matter what I've said, no matter what my actions have been, I'm free from condemnation. If I recognize what I've done and I repent and I ask the Lord to forgive me. I'm a branch of Jesus Christ, the true vine and the channel of his life. I've been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. Now, getting out of the trap. So, it looks like from this that we may not be able to get out of the trap. Because it's closed on both ends, right? But see, the Lord always makes a way of escape. (laughs) always makes a way of escape. The Bible tells us that. He makes a way of escape. Always. So he does. So here we've been trapped, but because we recognize that we had a problem. You may not know what it is, but when you recognize that something's not right with your thinking and you're going through this cycle over and over and you're trying to protect yourself and you're, re- you know, you're rejecting people or you're like you want to be alone or, or you, um, you know, you just going through things and you really don't want to talk to anybody and somebody asks you what's wrong. Oh, nothing. I'm fine. You lie like a dog. <laughs> you're lying. Well, when you recognize that something really is wrong and you can go to someone and say, look, I'm struggling in this area and I don't know what, what's wrong with me. And that person possibly, hopefully would instruct you in the word of God because you need life put back in you again. You need that life in you so you can start bearing good fruit again, loving, kindness, um, long suffering, all those things, all the good fruits will start coming out again. So we've been speaking some good things back into our spirit again. So we're feeling better. You know, we're feeling better. We're feeling lighter because things are being released from us and, and things are leaving. And some of this stuff, maybe some of this, the negativity, maybe I, I recognize that, Hey, I'm not talking as negative anymore as I was. And so that says that the Lord's working in your heart because you're allowing him to. Now, if you don't allow him to, that's your fault. Like pastor said the other day, if you're not in the word, guess whose fault that is? Your fault. 
that you're not in the word. So you're not getting any life source whatsoever. All you're getting is probably all of this junk and plenty of it. But when you start speaking life and you start speaking to the enemy, because that's what we have to do. And that's what it means that our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. It's called fighting spiritual warfare, fighting in the, in the spirit and just saying that I am a child of God. I have the robe of righteousness on and speaking those things inside in, into your own spirit. So all of a sudden you're not as negative. All of a sudden you're feeling better about yourself. You know, I, I know I, God loves me. I know he does. I know he loves me. And you, you notice that you're saying, God, God loves me. He does love me. Last week, I didn't think he loved me at all. Nobody loved me. But, you know, now that I've talked to someone or just talked to the Lord and I've been speaking the word of God into my life, then things are happening. So all of a sudden, our spirit gets set free. And we can come out. And we can go on with our life. So... Matthew 3.10 says, the axe is already at the root. So the axe is at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Hmm. I think it would be better that we take the axe to the root of whatever we're, we've been bound in, cut those roots down so we can start bearing good fruit. And then that way we won't be cut down and thrown into the fire. I mean, I didn't say that. It's what the Bible says. So anyway, bow your head. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord God, I don't know if one thing I made, I said tonight, made any sense. But, Lord Jesus, I ask you that, Father God, that you would just move upon every heart in this place tonight. Father God, that those that are in this room, even though they may be sitting there and and looking also nice and pretty and like they got it all together, only you know. Only you know, Lord. Father God, I ask you right now that you start stirring inside of them, Father God, Lord, that they would be able to assess their own circumstances and their own situation and their own life, wherever they're at right now. And they would be able to look at it their own life and say, yep, I have some things I need to deal with. Lord, you're such a merciful God, loving God. And Father, I ask you right now, Lord God, that you would have mercy and that, Lord God, your strong hand would be upon them, Lord. That, Father God, that you would be their shelter from the storms of their life, God. 
if they have found themselves in a place of not trusting you, of saying even to themselves, I can't trust anybody, not even the Lord. I ask that right now, Father God, that, Lord, that they would just take that step and say, I'm going to trust the Lord again. Lord, you're always trustworthy, Father God. Lord, you love each and every one of us so much. Lord, you sent your word, God, to heal us. You've sent your word that we might read it and meditate on it. And just as the Psalms say, just to, to muse upon your word, Father God. And just to think about you and how much you love us and how much we belong to you. And Lord, we're in you and you're in us. Father, those that might be struggling in areas of their life, Father God, I know it's difficult. It's not easy to do. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around or moving around, if you say, yeah, I I have some struggles that I'm dealing with, would you just raise your hand up and put it right back down? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Father God, you saw every single hand that was raised, Lord God, and I'm so thankful, Father God, that they were brave enough to do that. Lord, I ask that, God, that, Lord, you would begin sending people their way to minister to them, to speak life into them, Father God, because you are truly the only way. You are the only way. Let them know how much you love them, Father God, and how much you care about what's going on. Yes, even with them, Lord, that you love them so much. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that, Lord, those that are bound in, in different things, Father God, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ and the authority that you've given me, Father God, to walk on scorpions and serpents and things of this world and things of this age, Lord God, I come against every demonic assignment, Father God, that, Lord, that has been sent to any person in this place, and I break it and I curse it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, I ask you, Lord, that you strengthen them. Lord, give them them hands to, to, to war, a spiritual warfare, Father God. Lord, let them be ones that say, I am a child of God. I am the head and not the tail. I am who Jesus says that I am. I'm in him and he's in me. Let them get that boldness inside of them where they can come against the enemy that's tried to destroy them in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do after this night, Father God, Lord, that that there's going to be change and there's going to be deliverance and there's going to be a setting free inside of them, Father God, that they're not going to be trapped any longer, Lord God. And we just thank you. And I thank you for, for everyone's patience tonight, Father God. And Lord, I just ask that you just take this word and use it as a heartbeat, Father God, and for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At HeartSeas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.
Sister.